Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, Dad, describe my outfit. What is it? Describe it for the listeners, because this isn't a video. What does my outfit look like? Well, it looks like a sort of knitted onesie that... For an overgrown baby or something, it's just weird. I think it looks like a carpet. You know, like the type of carpet you get, which really itches your feet. I hope you didn't pay for it. No, I didn't. I got it for free. Who from? No, I'm joking. Dad, we can't say it's so bad. I'm joking. I'm an influencer. Um, can't say. Can't say from who. Just a secret of Myra. It was a late Valentine's gift. Okay, great. Describe my outfit. Okay, so you are wearing boxer shorts. Boxer shorts? No, it's all my drugs. Oh, they're swimming trunks. So it's February the 24th in London. The weather is probably 12 and degrees. The, and the pools are shut. And the pools are shut. And he's wearing swimming trunks. Asics trainers, yeah, which are all right. A nice jumper, actually, if it was worn better. And then a T-shirt, which I have many a time seen you throw snot onto. No, it's because this is I'm gonna train in this after we've done this. Oh he's training. Yeah. Training. Yeah. Um you yeah, you're wearing a very classic AC look. AC at home. Mm. Not even AC at home because if he was if you were going into town today for an outside meeting in the summer you'd wear this. No I wouldn't. In fact I went I went out of town yesterday. Where did you go? I checked your location. I went to Hampshire for a TV thing. God, you're really going around, aren't you? Uh, not really. And um, it was for Alan Titchmarsh's weekend programme. Mm. Um, which is all about the countryside. So I talked about my tree obsession. Took my bagpipes. Oh, and the Charles, did you see the Charles Kennedy documentary? No. Really good. Oh, really I, love, good. I loved him. I know you did. I've written a very good long blog about him. Um, everybody, really if you great. don't know, Alice Campbell has a blog. It's alicecampbell.org. Correct. Yeah, thank you very much. So this week we have a, um, a guest on the podcast, as ever, and he is connected to me via my best friend, Tara. He lives near Tara, and this is... Are they neighbours? <laughs> they're neighbours, and she grew up on the same road as him. And she babysits? And she babysits for him. Right. We always babysat for him and his kids. Um, so we're basically now just scrabbling around finding your baby. Yes, exactly. Just, I'm, I'm, I, I literally just said in the WhatsApp group, guys, I need to get someone on my podcast. Has anyone got any <laughs> middle-aged men living near them that they could send me the email address of? So that's how we got... <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's not how we got him on. But that was very exciting for me as I'm very fond of Tara. And Tara is a secondary school teacher doing God's work, not getting vaccinated. And also in this... Uh series so far we haven't yet had a politician have we we haven't had a politician and this guy's a politician he's a politician more more importantly he's tara's neighbor he's tara's <laughs> neighbor uh we talked we didn't talk about we talked about more than tara no i'm we? joking i'm just a joke yeah. um but he is a yeah he's obviously a politician he's very shall well we, known we, and he's very we... outspoken on many things well let's go through and let's give people a few clues shall we okay well they uh, will see in the title of the podcast um <laughs> Who it is. Okay. But we can still do that. Okay, right. Um, So he's Labour. Labour. He is Tottenham. 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 Um, He's a black boy from Tottenham. Black, yeah. Black man. Black male. I'd say he's older than a boy I've I've, I've heard him call himself a black boy quite a lot. Big Spurs fan. Spurs fan. Very strong views on Jose Mourinho. We get into that, don't we? Uh Uh-huh. He... Actually, that's not good, is it? Because that's talking after the event. That's fine, I can cut that. Okay. Don't worry. Um, he has children. He does have children. He talks very, very... Um, he's a very campaigning politician, I would say, especially on issues of race. 
which is very and, much needed and equality in this and uh, access to education and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good bloke. I've known David. For, oh, sorry, I've said he is. No, I've known him for a long, long time, um, and he's a good bloke. Really like him. And he also, as we will get into in the podcast, got into politics when he was basically the same age as me, which is frightening. He became an MP. Twenty. I could be a politician right now. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, Grace, to some extent, you are. I mean, I know you're, you're an I'm you get wearing a you, shaggy send, looking tracksuit that looks like scrambled carpets. eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the guest on this week is David, David Lamy. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this, David. I wanted to start because obviously we. Found out we were doing this so last minute, but I was thinking about like what I wanted to ask you about. One of the things I found fascinating is that you became an MP when you were so young, first of all. And yes. at that time, my dad was in government. What yes. was it like being... You were 28, right? Or 27, actually. Jesus, that's only yeah, a year older the, than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was young. But what so I was, young. The thing is, what... There are two worlds, okay. I mean, I'm now much older, so I could do. But in Tottenham terms, in terms of being a young black man in Britain, I was not young. You know, uh, my dad left when I was 12. I had friends in prison. I had, um, you know, mental health. My my dad had problems with alcohol. Um, I had, I had lived in the states. So in some senses, I wasn't young at all uh but in another sense i was very young because um i was young to politics definitely because as you know in it's in in both political parties there are folk that have kind of been dropping leaflets since they were sort of five (laughs) and their parents are mps or trade union leaders or whatever the tribal world they're in and they're sort of completely steeped and i was not that um, and I was definitely green to Westminster because Westminster is a, is a viper's nest. <laughs> um, it is. Um, it um, is. You know, and actually, but strangely, I was sort of thinking about this in terms of politics. You know, you can, you can have politics quite likes leaders that come from nowhere, are very inexperienced but are somehow pure. I'm thinking of people like Barack Obama. I'm thinking a bit of Tony Blair, actually. But he he had been around. But do you know what I mean? It likes that because it. But it's a bit mythical. It does. It's not really like that. It, it politics is better when you're experienced, actually. So yeah, I was green on one level, but I wasn't in another level. But there were so few black people in Westminster. Was that not just really weird? Well, it's really weird when you think that we live in London. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the other thing about Westminster, I'd never been to Westminster when I got there. I'd never been. I'd never got out at Westminster Tube Station. I'd never, there was no reason. You know, when I went into town, it was sort of Oxford Street or somewhere or Covent Garden. Um, I had, so, and I certainly had never been to the Commons. Some, you get some MPs joke about sort of, getting on the circle and district line <laughs> and not knowing where to get off and just go around in circles. You know, these are sort of Northern MPs that never, never been on the tube. I wasn't quite that bad, but you, you probably know the way in which people think, oh, you're in this big city, London's this big place, but actually it can be an incredibly parochial place. We're North Londoners, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's can, so different to every You know your every, postcode. Every you don't... I, I've got... When I'm in West London, I'm always like, wow, I've never been here before. There are still tube stations I come out of. I've never, ever stepped out of that tube station. So I get homesick when I'm in West London. It's miles away from North London, from where I'm from. So so you're from Tottenham? I'm born and raised from Tottenham, yeah. Born and raised N17. And And in that sense, I think that Tottenham... Tottenham's a very big area, you know. It's a it's a it's a big old place, and it's a and Haringey is a kind of slightly strange borough because it's sort of Muswell Hill, Crouch End, and Highgate on one side, and Tottenham Wood Green on the other, basically. 
um, which most London boroughs aren't like that. They're sort of more, um, you know, you can have a big wealthy set of houses next to a housing estate. You know, they're a bit yeah, more... Yeah, that's what Camden's quite like. Camden's like that, definitely. Tower Hamlet's yeah. is a bit like that. And did you yeah. feel you had to support Tottenham Hotspur? <laughs> Everyone always says that. And I always think that's so rude. <laughs> did I have to support Tottenham fucking Hotspur? Oh, I swore. Sorry. Uh, no, Wait, I did. Why is that even a question, Dad, if you're from Tottenham? <laughs> Just because you made your kids no. who are from North London support fucking teams like Burnley and Manchester United. No, we should have all David's, supported Arsenal. Just because David swore, you don't need to swear. It was actually <laughs> in both cases. No, um, you just think, you know, but you, you, because you do support Tottenham, but you're going through a bit of a, a bit of a hard time in your love affair with them at the moment. I'd say <laughs> we, well, I haven't. So often, I'm, I'm actually quite. I like tweeting about Tottenham. I like giving my opinions about Tottenham. And I definitely like banter with Gooners uh, and taking the, you know, having a go. But we're playing really badly, and this was our season. All you know, Bale was back. Kane was on form. Son's fantastic. Lamela finally. Deli Ali, Mourinho, we're going to do it, and yet again, which is the whole story. And I've got to say, my love affair with Spurs is a bit like the Labour Party. You, you, you're good, you don't quite make it, and it's just like it's like back to it's like snakes and ladders. But I did think I thought Mourinho's ego is too big. He's past it, and it's all coming true. And he he's got this way that I think then undermines the players. Don't feel confident. They don't feel lifted up and you can tell that he's the dressing room's gone and and that's sadly where i think we've ended up so yet again a season that should be ours isn't going to be but when you have those moments right when you fall out of love with the team you support do you like want to just stop engaging because that's how i feel about the labor party <laughs> when i thought when i fell out i just stop engaging stop taking part stop having conversations about it because it pisses me off too much is that what you do with Tottenham? I, I haven't done that yet with the Labour Party. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I should I, hope so. You're still in it. I haven't, I haven't done that with Tottenham, no. But I, I'm not as engaged this year as I would be. But I think that's because um, as tough as this season's turning out, to, I would be going to White Hart Lane. I'd be taking, I'd be taking the kids. I love going with my boys and screaming and shouting. We get to about seven or eight games a season, and we can't go. So, so you're that... majorly part-time supporter then, yeah? Are you going? Are you, are you getting to the games? I have my ways. have my ways. Oh, you're blagging tickets. You, no, no, you... no, no. I, do, I, I can get into the club commentary. If I'm going to the top... <laughs> right. Going to the... I'm going to the Tottenham Burnley game, and it's actually I'm not enjoying it because you do the commentary and it gets you in to watch the game live. But I mean, I'm actually been thinking a lot because the new Can Tottenham Stadium. Can we do it together? Can we do it together? Oh, you should do that. Dad. I can see. I can see if they can squeeze. I'm sure they squeeze you in. But the thing is that without the crowd, football is not football. It's just not enjoyable. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So even the game we played Palace on Saturday, we were absolutely brilliant. We won three nil. It was fantastic. Goal of the season, Matt Loughton. I love him. I want to have his babies. I've fallen. Even Ashley Barnes, I could live without Ashley Barnes. Matt Loughton's the man. But it's just not the same. Not the yeah, same. No, no, no. I interested, by um, the way. I, I sort of noticed, David. You did say I don't have that relationship yet with the Labour Party. You said now yet. <laughs> If I can analyse Only the... time will prevail. Only... So you said... Grace, I want to go back because you said you said what was it like? And and part of what... When you said at the beginning of this, what was it like going to Westminster? You were so young and my dad was there. Yeah, so this is what that, I wanted to ask That little you. moment was what, it, what was it like? Because it's that horrible feeling... You know, he 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 noticed something I'd said, and it was a little aside, and he just quoted it back at me, and I hadn't even realised I'd said it. <laughs> so but was moment. it like it's when like you suddenly you're in front of the headmaster and you're screwed? It was that feeling. <laughs> Twenty. Can you imagine what my feeling. life's been like, David? My entire life. <laughs> 
26 years. <laughs> Tough. But was it, when you were when you started in Westminster, was it like he was somebody that people sort of didn't really want to hang around with or piss off? Or was it a bit of a joke? I think that, um, so look, one of the things about the, the Labour Party that we've learnt is um, it can be one of the most indisciplined major political forces in the Western world. When it's when it's going badly, it's going badly. And, um, you know, our political parties are big tent coalitions. The Labour Party is a big, you know, if we had a PR, you know, we'd have lots of smaller parties, but we've got one big party. And it has to be disciplined. And obviously, when I arrived on the scene, um, we and it was a by-election, Bernie Grant's by-election, the Labour Party was at, you know, it was in a phenomenally disciplined place after 18 years in opposition. And a hell of a lot of work had gone in to put it in that place. It, it felt like a machine that was finely tuned, that was going well. We were pulling in the right direction. And you know what? The scale of the challenge was understood. What we were up against, you know, in terms of um, the establishment, uh, the media, uh, the way in which the standard for us is so much is for the Tories. Look what they're getting away with, <laughs> right? Mm. And so there was, and 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 your dad <laughs> was, was at the apex of that group of people that had done a lot of heavy lifting. And I, I certainly wasn't. I was on the receiving end of that. I was a black kid growing up in Tottenham. For you know, I, you know, I knew what the front line looked like. But I obviously I hadn't done the heavy lifting at that stage within the party. I'm probably now in a position where we're doing a lot of heavy lifting. So um, once again, did you so, feel yeah, like? At, sorry, just what did you feel like passionate about New Labour at that point? Did you feel like you were a New Labour baby? I'd lived. Like... I I had lived through the. Um, how can I, the demonising, the 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 ridiculing of the loony left because I grew up in Haringey. And if you grew up in Haringey, Hatley or Islington or Lambeth, you knew something about that. And, and you knew that that was never, we had to get past that. Um, and, 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 and definitely 1994 was was a sense in which we'd got past that. I'd also say, let me say this really, really bluntly. I I I thought Michael Foot was great. I loved Neil Kinnock, and I remember 1983. Uh, teachers of mine, socialist teachers, saying Labour's going to win, and we didn't. And then 87, we're going to win, and we didn't. 92, first time I'd voted, we're going to win, and we didn't. And I and I, what I worked out is, as much as I love these wonderful socialist teachers, they weren't really on the receiving end when we lost. <laughs> they, they went back to mm. comfortable podium homes, <laughs> nice red glasses of wine. <laughs> me and my mates, we were back in Tottenham. We were on the receiving end. So in that sense, I I definitely realised that you know we had to be singing a different tune and because i you know tottenham is everything to me but i also have this relationship with peterborough you know i've always understood you know if labor's not winning in peterborough it's not winning it's as simple as that and at the moment labor isn't winning in peterborough mm. what <laughs> is that a thing is it like uh what is it peterborough like was one of those bellwether seats uh, you know this alistair you know it goes right. with the with the yeah, grain absolutely. of the country yeah yeah Newtown. Keithley's at all. Sorry, but David, you, if you can, you talk about the elections that you remember with Neil Kinnock and Michael Foot, etc. If you go back over the last eleven general elections from a Labour perspective, the results are as follows: lost, 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 lost; Blair, Blair, Blair; lost, 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 lost. Now that is terrifying. And it means... But what are you saying there? Well, I'm sort of saying that, you know, we won three elections and yet, you know, it seems to me that a lot of the... Particularly when Jeremy was in charge, your next-door neighbour, uh, that when... The, no, the Tara's his next-door neighbour. 
No, he's, 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 he's his constituency that he's still neighbour. But the, the, you know, we talk a lot about learning lessons, but you don't seem to me to want to learn that many lessons about how we won. It's all a bit weird. Do you think that's changing with Keir? Yes. Yes. But we've got a hell of a lot of heavy lifting still to do. Um, there's a long, 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 long way. And um, why is why is that? Given that this government is so bad, this government's terrible. I know, I know, Alistair. I know, I know. It's shocking. I know, I know. But the truth is, we were we were beaten into a pulp at the last general election. Um, we have, um, you know, only there only. 200 of us or so are now in the Parliamentary Labour Party. Um, the world has changed a bit, you know, the, the, the sort of um, social media stuff and all that has slightly changed the world a bit. And, when, and, 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 and you know, New Labour had, what was it, 10 consecutive quarters of growth. And what we've had is austerity and now deep recession. And, the, and and unfortunately, against that backdrop, it also lends itself to the populists, the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the shysters, the, <laughs> the Boris Johnsons. So we're up against it. And so we've got a lot of heavy lifting to do. And if you're saying, do we have to learn from that period? Then my view is definitely, definitely, definitely. And you have to, you have to hang together as a unit. And I, you know, uh, it's my hope and pray that it's not another defeat that gets us to that point. But you know, we got to, what we've got to win: 124 seats to have a majority of one. It's massive. Mm. I mean, that's a bigger. That is a bigger um, uh, swing than 97. We got a lot to do. But maybe not as much. It's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> But what does it feel like? It's weird because of COVID. You can't really pack the place out. You've got a prime minister who I think uniquely genuinely doesn't care about whether he tells the truth or not, genuinely doesn't care whether he's on top of the detail. I mean, the rules are being changed. And, you you know, you see them packing all the public bodies with their cronies and shipping the money where they want to ship it. And I mean, you should be battering this lot. Well, come on. I mean, I think that um, actually um, we have sort of rediscovered our mojo with Keir. I do think that's happened. He's not obviously been in post yet a year. Um, um, so when I say we've got a lot to do, I mean, he's still got and we've all got alongside him a lot to do. But actually, relative to where we were uh, last Christmas when we lost, I didn't think we'd be in this position. We're in a better position than I thought we'd be. It's been a most extraordinary parallel universe weird year because of COVID and pandemic. And um, and now, you know, all these people have died and the economy's crashing. Yes, they're getting the vaccine out, but I, you know, our job is in part to help the British people understand all of this in context. Um we haven't really got to vision stuff because you can't, it's hard to get to vision stuff when, you know, there's just one mono theme. I mean, the only other theme that cut through last year was Black Lives Matter, really. Mm. Um, um, so it, that, that's odd. And then actually before Black Lives Matter, the only other main theme was Brexit. So that's the other thing that's oh, happened. I, I'm not an expert on this, but we've been really mono theme for years. Mm. <laughs> you know, Brexit, pandemic, Black Lives Matter. And it's like, there's a hell of a lot more going on than that. And as much as I care about all of those, there's a lot more going on. So it is a bit, it's a bit peculiar. It looks like we're about to come out of that. And the big question is, um, does because we're in a recession, does politics get back to a degree of it's all about the economy stupid, which was the general, definitely that was the general assumption, um, um, you know, under Tony Blair, um, Bill Clinton, those sorts of leaders. Did you? Sorry, Grace. Let Grace get yeah. a word in edgeways. I was just going to say, <laughs> and I know you can't really say anything about this because you're an MP and he's the leader of the Labour Party. But of all those big issues, you know, COVID, Black Lives Matter, Brexit, and then um, what was the other thing that you just said? Uh, maybe it was just them. Black Lives Matter. Oh, and Trump. Dad said Trump. Yeah. 
Dad said Trump. I don't think Keir, I think he's been neither here nor there on pretty much all of those issues. I don't think, I think one of the things that's coming through to like me and my friends is that he he clearly doesn't really have very strong opinions about much or he's trying to please everyone. And that's what I worry about going wrong when you talk about how much of a challenge this is going to be um, for Keir in the next general election. That's all I wanted to say. I'm just a little girl with very stupid little opinions, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. No, my dad's just thinking, Grace, shut up. Just leave me to do the politics. No, no, no. <laughs> Very interesting perspective, Grace. And <laughs> I'd be interested in David uh, So, Grace, I think that um, I genuinely think that Keir's instinct that the pandemic uh, requires us to pull in the same direction is true. I think every single prime minister's is, is is a lot of scrutiny of what Boris is up to, but there isn't a sense in which we're trying to, we, you know, we're undermining the national effort, and I think that that is definitely the case. And I think his judgment there is right. Um, I think that actually Black Lives Matter, um, Keir took the knee. Uh, Keir takes a view um, about the murder of George Floyd and all the things that flow from it. Boris takes a different view. Um, David, the last um, time we spoke, I told you never call him Boris. You're not listening. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I know. You're repeating the same mistakes. I, I, I know. It, I, I, look, I know. I called him Mr. Johnston on Twitter the other the other day. It went down well. He hadn't be, I'd actually been speaking to you and, uh, you know, and then my <laughs> aunt talked about the fact that he had bloody combed his hair. And <laughs> I called him Mr. Johnston in that tweet. But you're right. I should stop calling him Boris. I think it's got something to do with being a Londoner. And of course, he was I Boris know. when he how was did you, in London. How did you feel I... when Pretty Patel said the other day that she was appalled and disgusted by the, some of the Black Lives Matter protests? I, I, I hate it because I know she, you know, we know what she's doing. She's playing to her base. She's looking down the road to when Boris is no longer the leader. And I just hate being, I hate an issue like that being used as a political football. I hate it. It's so ugly and unattractive. Um, yeah, it's vile. And, un- and unnecessary. Um, mm. I also wonder, I just wonder, because I, my real sense is that the millennials and Generation Y can't stand that stuff. They can see through that stuff um, wherever they are in the country. So I, I just, you know... But they keep stoking these ridiculous culture wars, rows about whether we should have a Churchill statue about what we're playing at the proms and all sorts of stuff that comes out of nowhere. That they, that they it's all, it causes all distraction. It's not the stuff of, you know, the real stuff. You know, c- you know, can you get your cancer treatment? Uh, you know, can your kids get an education? Can you actually have a job at the end of this thing? The real stuff that matters. The stuff, by the way, that Rishi Sunak, a lot of it, you know, what's what's he saying? He's disappeared since he rolled his shirts up and was serving food in that fancy restaurant with his, with his go out and spread COVID scheme. He's <laughs> disappeared. How's he got, you know? Do you like, is, uh, do you wish that you could be seeing a lot more of these politicians in the flesh right now? Because then you could actually say some of these people, I mean, do you see each other at all at the moment? We do a bit, yeah, we do a bit. Not not as much, you know, the, the business of much. being able to properly lobby. You know, whenever I'm in Parliament, I tend to go in on a Tuesday, you know, it's about, I don't know, 30 or 40 colleagues in at the same time. So you're not, you're not, not in the same way, no. It's not, it's not a good way to do politics. Politics is, a lot of politics is done in the margins. A lot of politics is mm. about, and actually that's another thing with the Labour Party, you know, Keir can't even, you know, you know, he wants to be able to do a speech. He wants to be able to, you know, have a, have a cup of tea, a coffee, have a couple of beers with a few colleagues, uh, you know, get a sense of what's happening. You know, not just him, his staff want to be able to do that. There was a lot of that going on in the, can't, we haven't been able to do any of that for a year. This is not how politics is actually mm. properly mm. done. No, I was going to say, is the, is the, um, the reason though that, that they get sort of traction for all this stuff about, you know, no platforming in universities and the flag and all this sort of stuff. Is that because, is there not a risk that that's because Labour has not got an agenda 
that does speak to what people really, really care about. And and do you, you know, do you feel that that's just been drowned out by because just the sheer power of the COVID story, the drama of it, is all, of it all, and the danger of it all? I don't think it's just that. I, I I don't think it's just that. I think that the bottom line is, you know, this, Alice. You're asking me questions. You know, when you get hammered at the election like we did. Um, Christmas 2019, beaten back to the worst we've been since 1935, when you go to the electorate with a manifesto that's roundly rejected, when you pile on votes in seats like mine, um, um, but, you know, I mean, look at the map, look at the electoral map, swathes of blue all over the place, except a bit in London, a bit in the cities. Mm. When that happens... um, the electorate stopped talking to you. You know, sometimes you can't, you know, you put a press release out, it doesn't get picked up. No, you know, you, it, it, people forget that Labour Party even exists. They want your opinion. You know, um, mm. you, 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 you become irrelevant and you have to fight your way back to, re, to being relevant once more. Mm. You have to earn even the right to be heard, never mind the right for people to decide whether what you're saying they're up for. Um, and very, very sadly, and, 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 you know, we forget this quickly, where Labour found itself in Christmas 2019, um, some might say is even worse than where we were in, let's say, 1979 or 1983. So uh, that's why I say it is a well, long haul. Do you disagree? Okay. You do disagree. Um, so. No, it's not I disagree. It's it I, I, no, it's just that I think that you know Corb, Jeremy Corbyn's leadership was always going to lead that way. I'm afraid I, I just yes, always so, felt so that, and I, yeah. and I think the fact of him no longer being the leader means that actually the you know the fight back ought to be maybe ought to be able to defy a few political rules of gravity. I think. Well, let's see where we are when, when we get back to a degree of normality towards the end of this year. Mm, okay. We'll have another chat. All right. Part two. Oh, well, I was just going to first ask you, as um, someone who grew up with a father who's heavily involved in politics, how do your kids find it? Well, that's a really good question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, my eldest birthday is today and he's um, 15 um, and I you know I'm not sure he's that keen on politics and I'm not sure he's that keen on on having to think a little bit about what he does um, you know when he's with his mates because his dad's in the public eye um, um, and I suspect you know a lot about how that feels mm. <laughs> I um so what about, what, um, so, so when he when he said when you said what did you want for your birthday he said i want you to do alistair and grace campbell's podcast dad that's what i want to do on my birthday <laughs> <laughs> best present ever um well i mean he, he what he wanted was us to leave the house was me and his mum to leave our house and to sort of hand it over to him and his mates, <laughs> notwithstanding the fact that we're in lockdown. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but one, we can't because of the rules. And two, even if the rules weren't there, thank God they are, why would I hand we you over wouldn't. the key to my house with your mates? Uh, you know, why would I do that? <laughs> um, so instead, he's getting a really fancy bike. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it, honestly, I mean... It... <laughs> It's not, you know, that people have it much in much worse situations, but it is something people don't talk about, especially that age when you're a teenager and you're, everything's for the first time and you're sort of just trying to live your life. And I, I had to really be super careful with what I was doing. I mean, I wasn't actually, I was pretty reckless, come to think of it. But the, but it, it's like, it's it's not really a, it's not the most pleasant way to go through your teenage years, basically, is what I will say. No, it's not, and um, and you know, and there's also the thing which you're probably aware of, of 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 having to be a bit suspicious sometimes, of mm. you know, new friends and who's befriending you, and are they befriending you for you, or are they befriending you because of, 
who they might think you are and some of that sort of nervousness as well. But broadly well, basically, speak- they just shouldn't be friends with people from private schools. That was the rule. Because <laughs> it will always be private school kids that have bad intentions, let's be honest. Oh, I'll tell him that. I haven't told him that. We've got friends at private school. So I'll tell, I'll feed that one back. I'll, I'll feed that one back, state school boy that he is. Yeah, because they've, um, they've, got, they've, got they've got friends whose mums and dads work at the Daily Telegraph and the Daily Mail and they're feeding all the shit. Exactly. Oh, right. I'd write that one through. Um, I mean, he's, a, I he's was once, quite a good lad. He's quite a good lad. So no, I, I'm sure he is. It's just like, it's so, um, I was once at a house party. It was at Highgate, the private school. It was like one of those kids' house parties. And somebody took a picture of me smoking a spliff. It wasn't actually a spliff. But I'm sure it was one of these little private school kids and their parents yeah, said, look, you've been yeah. hanging around near Alice Campbell's daughter. Yeah, Here's your little yeah. iPhone. Go on, yeah. get me some materials. And they gave yeah. it to the son. Yeah. They gave okay. it to the son. Okay, Grace. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put him in touch. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> David, are they, are, they, are they, do you feel that they're political? Have they got strong political instincts and views? Uh, yeah, because they're growing up in a political house. <laughs> so, and, yeah, for sure. Know, and, and my wife's, oh, you know, pretty bloody, you know, like, like, like Fiona, you know, has got views. Um, um, so uh, they're hearing lots of points. They don't... I'm not finding that with us particularly they're political, but we do hear, um, you know, when we go to parents' evenings and stuff, we hear from... T- well, clearly, then, you know, <laughs> the conversation... Well, you know what it is? It's like another... if. Because it's all you talk about, or a lot of what you talk about, it will just be like a second language. Like when yes. I got to secondary school, it was like I, I I didn't need to learn about it. I just knew it because I'd be like, oh yeah, my dad says he's a twat, or like I've overheard my parents bitching about that woman. Like I'd there's a literacy, there's a literacy yeah. around all this stuff. Um, that yeah, that 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 my my youngest is only obviously she's only seven, so she's certainly not. I she's just working out. She's at that stage where. I'm on the street and someone says, oh, hello, David. Oh, hello, Mr. Lammy. And she's just working out, is that your friend? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just about to, oh, dad does this job. <laughs> so that's just happening. But the other two uh, certainly know that. <laughs> the last, last time we spoke, David, was for, we talked about mental health and did a thing on um, life in lockdown. And, you, you know, you said you've been finding it a bit of a struggle, as have I. So have you been since then? Up and down. Mm. Um, uh, I, the family and I were away for Christmas. I'm not going to say where they were, but they, we were, we were going away for Christmas. Um, And um, sadly they, they left on Thursday and good old, good old me was, you know, we we could work and I'll leave on the Sunday. And of course, tier four came down. Um, and so I spent Christmas with me and the dog. Oh, no. Oh, they were, they were they <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so that wasn't a great start <laughs> or a great end to the year. Oh, and my actually, God, that's tragic. What, what, I'm actually quite good with my own company. And I hadn't had that sort of time on my own for decades so there was an element of it that was that was that was actually you know wow what am I going to do now I've got it but I have to say um I listened to a lot of music which was great but there but my my you know my little girl she's six and I I did think oh you know she's not going to be six again Christmas is such a lovely time with a six-year-old she still believes in Father Christmas you know and I missed it all Mm. I wasn't there so that was so that got me down. Uh, now um, we're not quite on the same, you know, they've had a break and I haven't. Um, I'm really bored of, it's not bored, just fed up of looking at my face all day on a screen. Um, I, I love London, but I, but I actually love the English countryside. If, I, if someone could give me the 
holiday of a lifetime next week. It would be, um, you know, it would be walking in the Yorkshire Moor, the Dales, the South Downs. I was doing that two weeks ago. <laughs> How did you I get me? Well, I you should have said that. You're going to cut it out. I didn't know how to have you because they were asking me. I did the the BBC Winter Walks programme. Oh, I work. honestly okay. thought. Essential work. <laughs> I honestly thought that this is not going to be deemed to be essential. They'll have to scrap it. And they didn't. We did it. And honestly, I had such a good, nice time. But they said to me, if you think of any anybody you think would be interesting to do this, you'd really like to do it, let me know. So I'll tell so them. Do I, don't, I don't know the show. I don't know the show. Alistair. What do you do? You go for a it's long called, walk? Oh, it's amazing. It's called Winter Walks. You you have a selfie stick with a fo- with a camera on the end, which films you talking to yourself, and it films the, the countryside in 360 degrees. You bump into people, um, and you just talk to yourself all day. You've got a film crew behind you and a film crew ahead, and you've got a drone. Um, but you're on your own, just walking. And it ends up at, what, an hour of TV? I think it's about an hour, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I'd love yeah. that. That sounds and great. And it's essential, apparently. Absolutely <laughs> essential. And I I started at the, at the waterfall where Elgar used to go when he couldn't get the inspiration going. Um, it was just fantastic. I, I Honestly, it was three weeks ago tomorrow, and I, I'm still kind of living off it. In terms of oh, fantastic! Reading. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I. That would be my idea of. I just want to walk because the other thing is, is um, I know you run and stuff, but but uh, I'm not feeling particularly fit. You know, you, you, it's stuck at a desk all day. It's sort of tox. I'm feeling now the toxins are sort of yeah, no fresh air. My brain. You know, you want a week of just. Just feeling the wind, just whistling through, you know, that, just that feeling. There's mm. a certain feeling. I can't, you know, can't really put your finger on it. I'm pining for it. Pining. Oh, I'll tell them. I'll tell them. I'm sure they'd like you. Essential work. There it is. I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. Bike here. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and how, how's the, how's Nicola and the kids then been in with the whole kind they're of They're all thing? right. You know, they're all right. You know, um, you know, Nicola's life's probably changed the least. You know, her studio's really close to home. Um, um, you know, the nature of her work, the balance of family and stuff. So her life's probably changed the least. So she's 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 doing really well. And the other thing is, you know, um, uh, you know, she's an artist, and uh, I, a lot of people have been at home during the lockdown. They're they're at home. They're watching their bare walls. They're actually having time to look at her website or think about whether they want to buy a piece of work. So she's, she's, she's actually quite busy. Um, um, it's me that's working in a, in a, in a weird environment because politics does not work like this. Uh, and then the kids, um, you know, in different ways, different stages who obviously the home, the school learning, the home learning, all that stuff is, mm it's a bit of a is a bit of a is a bit of a nightmare for them and particularly i think for the eldest you know the, the you know teenagers the whole point of being a teenager is socialization mm. i mean that's the whole point completely i cannot I mean, imagine being 15 I mean, and being nightmare. told i can't I'm, see my I'm friends quite sorry for this for the university students as well I mean, it's just a real nightmare so so um yeah so so they're fine. It's 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 miserable old me. You. So you asked about my mental health. It's okay, but I need a walking holiday. That's what I need. Ooh, Strange okay. for me. It's usually I want the Caribbean, but actually, it's not actually for me lying horizontally on a beach next to the water. I want. I need the cobwebs blown out. You know, I need yeah, cow right. dust on my on my have shoes. You, have, <laughs> on you my noticed, have you noticed? Um... An uptick in mental health problems being reported from constituents. Yeah, 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 definitely. Of all um, age range. Well, yeah, because it's it's it's. Well, no, I, I there's also look. It's gone in cycles. At the moment, there's a sort of vanishing thing going on. 
So I think that there are kids now who are just just dropped out of school. They're just vanished. Well, they're, they're sort of roaming, and, and I'm really worried about them. Um, I've got my show on LBC on a on a on a Saturday afternoon, and earlier in the year, you know, anything on 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 COVID, you get a hell of a lot of business owners ringing in. You know, I run a wedding company, I run a laundrette, I run this. I'm I'm going to go bust. The government's got to do this. People have stopped ringing in. Why have businesses stopped ringing really? in? Is it because they've gone bust? They're just not, you know, they're not ringing in in the same volumes, right? Um, and I worry about those guys. You know, what's happened? Mm. They've, they've gone to the wall or they're, they're just written it off, you know. They're... So I think there's now, we're now in this 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 place of, yeah, of course, we're going to, the vaccine means people come out, but but the repercussions of where we've been, the reality of where we've been. Uh, my, Tottenham's got the highest unemployment in the country, if you count the furlough scheme as well coming to an end. So, ooh. and I think the other thing I think, I'm sorry to be depressing, but you know, this is one of the things I've noticed. We're really good at depressing each other. We're really, really good. If you want a new show, anyone, to Grumpy Old Men, commission us. Who who the hell's going to listen? I have no idea. But we're really good. But what I was about to say is this recession's even worse than the 80s because, because there's a hell of a lot of middle class people who have been screwed and who are going to get screwed. And I don't think that was quite the same in the 1980s. Um, and that's why, coming mm. back to your point, we need a Labour Party that's really, you know, on its mojo, because this is serious. Do you think once COVID is over and people, we can have that sort of social interaction again in the same way that we'll start to see that, that the past year has, has made some progress? I mean, do you know what I mean? In that this, this huge sort of shift has happened, but we can only see that from online. And what do you think will start to happen when we go back into sort of normal world, normal life? Well, I think the world is going to change a bit. Now, in positive ways and less positive ways. So when my son is getting really grumpy and down and, oh, my friend, I fucking hate you, Dad, I hate you. When he's getting like that, I always say to him, when this is over, you hate you even more. It's going to be a hell of a party. It's going to make the 60s yeah. look shame. <laughs> it's going to be a great time to be young. And I'm not as young anymore. So I really, it's going to be a great time. So on one level, because uh, my wife's an artist as well, you also get a lot of avant-garde. You get a lot of energy. You get a lot of the artists, you know, the creatives get really motivated, you know. So on one level, let's not give the impression it's all going to be, you know, there's always stuff going on. But on another level, I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff we're doing virtually is going to stay. You know, if why would you, if you're running a business, why would you have sort of four floors of an office suite when you could have, you know, half of one and the rest of you are on Zoom? So, you know, that's, gonna, that's all going to change. Um, and, and I think that um, a bit like, you know, when I was younger, we had the YTS scheme under Margaret Thatcher. It wasn't brilliant, but it was there for young people. Uh, Gordon Brown came up with a future jobs fund and stuff. There's going to be a lot of stuff around youth unemployment um, uh, that's going to need to happen. I don't know whether it's, I, I'm not sure it's going to happen under this government, to be honest. Um, we'll have these ridiculous culture wars, just like Trump. And there's a lot of serious stuff going on in between. There'll be a lot of blaming, uh, scapegoating. You know what I mean? You know, you pick on the immigrant, you pick on this person, it's that fault, and you know, skivers and all the rest of it. Um, and then I think internationally that the world's a quite of a, a dangerous place. Thank God Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have just won. Thank oh, thank you. That was a silver lining. Um so yeah, this this is a this is a these are these are big, big political times, big political currents. The social media stuff hasn't been sorted out, the regulation of all that. Uh, the inequality, the billionaires, and the, the you know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot slushing around, isn't there? And there's going to be and the millenn- the millennials, Grace, you, because I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, I'm a mini baby boomer. I think I'm Gen Z technically. Well, well, yeah, Gen Z, Gen Y, millennials, all of you, yeah. are basically the children of boomers. So you're a massive generation. My little generation's a little mini generation in the middle. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, we're Thatcher's kids. Um, and Thatcher um, was so rough, people didn't have many children. So we're a small, small little generation. But, but, but you guys are a big generation with big ideas and a big vision. You haven't yet got your hands on the levers of power. You know, you're not running a FTSE 100. You're not editors of newspapers. You're not, you're not, you know, um, you're not, you know, you're not, but you're going to be. No, uh, and I love this period, and that's that. going to be pretty exciting. I agree, as long as, uh, you know, we just don't have a repeat of what's happening now, which is still in most of the most powerful positions in the country. It's old Etonians. I mean, if you look at the BBC and, you know, the, establishments like that are just going backwards so I that's one of the things I find comfort in for sure is thinking when you know all of the Gen Z kids of today are running things it will be better but equally I mean we've got to change institutions from within at first I think. But David don't you think that the, the, I, I sort of feel that the country and in particular in a way young people because young people are usually the ones that are out sort of first to protest and first to argue and agitate there's so little of that going on now is that just because of covid i mean i get the feeling we're all a bit, we're all a bit becalmed i mean i wake up every day thinking this is the, this is the worst government of our lifetime they are sub hungry in terms of their sort of attempt to subvert basic rights the whole time um, and it's like people just oh well, it's what it is. Get on with it. Need a bit more anger in the place. Well, I worry a bit. I I, I worry a bit that we've, you know, Alice. You know, you know that there was a sort of decision that was made by Thatcher, where we sort of departed the European model and we went halfway towards the American model. And the really, really depressing side of Brexit is now we're going to go full throttle towards the American model because it's the only way that economically it works. And we get all those downsides. And I worry that some of that kind of, you know, it's, there's a horrible thing about you can be in parts of middle America and people are sort of fat on consumerism, crap TV, Fox News, all this fluff that isn't the real stuff. I do, I do worry a bit about that. I, you know, I... I worry a lot about it's, it. This noise that's just totally irrelevant crap. It's not really the real. So I do, I, I, I get, I get that point, but I still see, I still see on climate, things like Black Lives Matter and actually on inequality, a politics, a, a politics that's quite present across a younger generation, uh, which I hope lands somewhere. Now I, the flip side of that is obviously during the, the, the whole Brexit debate, there were occasions uh, on which you and I would be on a march for a second referendum. And there was a bit of me feeling, God, this feels a bit waitrose. God, mm. Just, mm, completely. Oh, God. Very crap. <laughs> it just felt so safe and so mm. Polite and so sort of, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, <laughs> and no, so were you. So, so I don't know. Mean. That's the, that's the paradox of our age. I don't know. You know, I mm. haven't got all the answers. <laughs> but I think, though, I mean, yeah, I always thought going on those protests, it was just hilarious. Like the demographic of them was just, it used to crack me up. It was just loads of old white people who would come outside of London from wherever they live in the suburbs with their ham and, ham and cheese baguettes um, <laughs> singing along to the chants. I did think that, but also you did a good job, both of you guys, and you never stopped fighting, so I'm not doing any disservice. I think the main thing for me is like how disconcerting young people find it when they see no change happen, and that's what I worry about. You know, I do worry that it will then put people off of trying carrying on trying with the fight that you have when you're young it's like you don't give a shit you're gonna put everything you have into it and then slowly that does get killed by you know that feeling of rejection and and that you're never going to be able to make anything happen and I don't I don't think that will happen but that's just the 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 reality of like the way that the world is um so we just got to David, what, really. David what's been your best telly program you've watched in lockdown oh uh, well, well my wife and I have binged on a kind of mid, um, um, it's about five years old. Uh, it's a it's a show called Parenthood, a drama, an American drama called Parenthood. Oh, wow. um, 
it's a bit like brothers and sisters or um you heard of it gross um this this, no. this is us uh anyway uh, if you're a parent um it's sort of wonderful and it's sort of six seasons and we've just literally tonight we come to the end of our binge on that and we will turn to channel four's it's a sin oh that even, was amazing um, um to catch up on what you know what all our friends are talking about so we've really really enjoyed that we we love a good you know we love bridgerton actually we, we sort of flip around but we but on the whole we love stuff that's that's deep that has a kind of moral heart that that makes us think uh, that reflects back aspects of our own lives um this uh parenthood has got adoption in it we've got an adopted uh, my daughter's adopted um it's got um you know the business of teenagers and kids and uh parents that are uh, you know not so well and siblings that you know all that stuff and we love we love if we go to the theater that's the sort of stuff we're, we're trying to look for and go and see that's so that's what we get off on dad sounds like you're like that yeah I what do you so. watch what do you watch i'm always up for good what have you watched you know what oh, i love well, i've been doing this I've been doing this German course, so I've been... Don't I've, take his recommendations. No, honestly, make... Grace, even mum, even though it's in German, she loves Charité. It's about so, the... David, my dad is obsessive and he's been learning German and he makes my mum watch all the things they can watch have to be in German now. Oh dear! Yeah, that's, <laughs> not, my that's, that's not my. That's not my. Property. Oh dear! Oh, oh well, it's a bit of French then. Um, uh, call my agent. Call my agent is brilliant. Call my agent. Oh, yeah. that is amazing! I could What's really it on? Netflix and Lupin. Lupin. Well, Lupin. My son's watching that. He's watching that at the moment. We we also watched the um the Gambit, the Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah, really good. Love that. Love that. Wonderful. <laughs> We're all I, you know, I would re- and also Shit's Creek, if you haven't watched that. Oh, we started that and 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 Nick didn't quite like it enough. So we, we Yeah, did, it I, took I my parents it, a bit of took us a while. Took us a while. Yeah. 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 Well listen, Grace, is there anything else you want to ask David about feminism? Feminism oh, uh, I forgot. I don't really ugh, life is just too stressful right now. I've I honestly can't be bothered. Talk about feminism. I've Where got... are you, Grace? Are you in another room, or are you at ho- are you at home? Are you so different... I live um, very conveniently. I live in the granny flat next door to my parents' house. Ah, so, like, okay. I'm sort of half... They don't let me in that much, but Fine. I'm half in, half out. Fine. Yeah. So where are you guys again? Camden, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, near Hampstead Heath. Oh, you're even, in even, I, I love NW three. Three, exactly. Yeah. 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 Perfection. Yeah. Well, David, thank you. Sorry? I say it's been lovely to talk to you, as ever. Oh, no, yeah, it's been great. I've what really enjoyed this. Program? What should we call this program about? The grumpy old men's already been done. Um, <laughs> so what about, do it, though. My glass fully empty. <laughs> it's my glass fully empty. <laughs> How shit is it? Um, <laughs> you know, That's uh, does that, does but that David, bring... you seem more optimistic than my dad. A, a boomer, a boomer, a Gen X and a, 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 and a millennial. I don't know. Uh, am I more optimistic? I think, uh, well, I don't know you. You're not my dad, so I wouldn't know. But when I walk into the living room, my dad's sort of no, sitting. I, I can go pretty, pretty dark. <laughs> I can go pretty dark, actually. Um, but no, I suppose I'm... I, you, 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 look, I'm the ancestor of enslaved people. Of course, I'm bloody optimistic. I'm still here. I mean, so, mm. you know, but I can go pretty dark, and I do worry. And I also probably. think you're still in politics, which maybe means you have to even have a forced sense of optimism, even if it's not. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Going back to that question, so you know about you know landing in Westminster, age twenty-seven. So the other thing in you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. hang on. We hang on in every word. Oh, you! I touched. I touched the screen. Is that when I came in? There were all. It was all about these young, uh, you know, upwardly mobile, sharp-elbowed political researchers who were going to become prime minister. So I had the Miliband brothers, Balls, 
Vat Cooper, uh, Purnell, uh, Burnham. The Tories had Cameron and uh, Osborne. Um, and uh, and then a bit later, Gove and Boris came. But it, so, <laughs> and then there was me. <laughs> I, was, I was like, people kept saying, well, this is a young, and I was like, hang on a bit. No, I, I, I'm not from the same. I mean, those guys are like, they're, they're political. You know, they've, they've been doing it since they were three. You know, all these sort of, mm-hmm. you know, think tank geeks and all the rest of it. I mean, many of them, dear, dear friends. But I was always, and what's been interesting, the thing, the longevity of politics is obviously um, you can you can work it out yourself. But many of those have now left politics. They're not in politics for one reason or another. I guess he's still standing. And do you think that's because most of those have tried and failed to become the no, leader? I'm not, I'm not making any judgment, but it's that it's that it's that thing is you just don't know when you start out. You, it's a funny old business politics. You just haven't got you were you you were you were saddled. <laughs> you were saddled very very early on with you were going to be the Black Blair and the British that's Obama. Right. I was never going to be. That's a gig. Anyone who knows me well knows that that was never ever going to be the case. But I am still here. I am still here. Yeah, you are. And and there's something about that. And so, just like your dad, you know, actually, when you've had a few bruises, you've had a few ups and downs, politics strangely can be quite generous to experience, quite likes experience, strangely. Uh, might not mean you're going to have the top job, but it's not all about that. But it does like you've seen, you know, you're not you're not going to put up with any any nonsense. So anyway, that that's <laughs> that's where the optimism comes. Still stand. Comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Once we're once we're on to singing Elton John songs, I think it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's what your little podcast can be called, you two. I'm oh, still no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> little podcast. Um, so that was very fun. What I love about David is, I mean, I've never met him, but... You I've seen David? Him. No. Yeah, you have. You met him at People's Vote Rallies. No, I've just seen him at People's Vote Rallies. Right. I was never allowed into the VIP yes, bit. Yes, you were. You bloody just turned up and I came did in. Just, I said, Dad, Dad, And also, you, one day... Hello, I'm Alice Campbell's daughter. Sorry, hello, I am Alice Campbell's daughter. Um, <laughs> and then they'd go and they'd get you and they'd say, Grace is here with seven people. Can she come in? I was Three like, of them photographers. The only thing that I have left is that I can get you front row of a anti-Brexit march. <laughs> you used to get me concert tickets, but no more. And the cheese and hamburger prep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I love about David is how much he laughs. He loves he, laughs a, he lot. Loves a lot. And he laughs like when he's telling stories so much, it's contagious. No, he's got a rumbling laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a real laugher, so that's always lovely. Yeah. But he's also, it's interesting how he goes from that and then he'll suddenly go very quiet. Do you notice when I talked about, you know, this bloody government and he goes, oh, that's shocking. That's I know. So shocking. But don't you think quiet. he did that because he, I, I, because your actual point then was Labor. why aren't Labour doing more? And Labor. I actually think he whispered because he hoped the mic wouldn't pick up on him whispering. <laughs> Because he was saying it's shocking that Labour hasn't done No, he much. wasn't. He, to be fair to me, he was saying the government is shocking, I think. I thought actually he made an interesting point about Labour that, you know, the, the scale of the election defeat is the country's message is basically we're not going to listen to you. You'll come back with somebody different. It's a good point, that. I know, but Keir's doing such a bad job, Dad. No, he's not. He's not, honestly. People are so down on Keir. It's unfair. Well, I just think he's very, very neither here nor there. You did say that. And that shows he's like, I just don't think his personality is coming through very much. So I think he's he's struggling. Young people hate him. Hate? A lot of people hate him. Hate? Sorry, not hate. Well, I think he's doing a really bad job. What, because he's not angry enough about COVID and Brexit? Yeah, I think because he's neither here nor there and I think a lot of those people are people who have inherited a lust for Corbyn so I think a lot of those are the really yeah and he's 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 not you know he's aiming for people who 
just left Labour away because of Corbyn. But what upset me that David said was that the numbers that Labour are going to have to get oh, if they no. want to win well, is horrific. worrying Against me. this ridiculous, awful, venal, disgusting government. Yeah, but you know. They get worse and worse and worse. Anyway, something upbeat. What was the Burnley Tottenham score? No, it's on Sunday. Oh, OK. So, I but I thought his views on Mourinho were very strong, weren't they? Very, yeah. No um, messing around there. Do you think Mourinho there. will listen to this podcast? Uh... Well, I reckon they'll get Jose, picked up. Jose, if you are listening, um, we... Uh, Obrigado. Even though David said that about you, I really love you and would love you to come on to the podcast. And also, also, Jose, you're still the biggest name on the front cover of Winners. Yes, exactly. Uh, in terms of the, the font size. Mainly anyway, we're, I'm, doing the com- I'm doing the com- commentary on Sunday at the game, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've got, we had an amazing win against Crystal Palace and then we had this terrible, we had this terrible game against West Brom last weekend. It was oh nil-nil, but we I'm were so terrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, so, um, things are looking up, aren't they, Alistair? Yes, Grace, they are. Things are looking up. Who knows, maybe in June we'll all be in a packed football stadium. It's hard to imagine. I don't know, I can't see that. It's hard to believe. And listen, can I just warn our, our listener um, that the government will balls up Oh, yeah. four-step thing. I don't think people uh, don't think that. Mm. We've been through a whole year of this. Yeah. Nearly coming up to when the first lockdown happened, I thought I was still going to have a birthday party on April the 30th. This week's the anniversary of the end of Boris Johnson's two-week holiday not giving a shit about COVID. Yeah, exactly. When he was sorting out his little private life. Oh, live, laugh, love, everyone. Live, laugh, love. Do I have to say that as well? Yes, it. Live. Laugh. Laugh. Love. Love. Love, love, love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.